You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Milwaukee. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden, the founder of BrewHoop.com. And Frank, in all of the years that you have ran BrewHoop, been a Bucks fan, this one's got to be up there, huh? I mean, I'm, I'm just beside myself. I mean, the only thing that would stop me from just swearing left and right in this podcast is the fact that we had all of the overtime period to kind of cool down because a Nuggets victories just seemed inevitable that entire time. And I mean, I was like the fact that the Bucks actually had a chance to tie the game at the end of overtime. Um, I wasn't even like, like I couldn't even like really like process what was happening. Cause I was just so like over any chance of them winning the game and <laughs> fittingly Jabari Parker, who had obviously had a huge scoring night, his best game in however long with 35 points. Um, for some inexplicable reason, down three, no timeouts, pump fakes to try to draw a foul, and then airballs the three when that they don't go. I mean, it's just sort of like the most fitting way for this game to end. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know. I mean, we'd be here all night if we tried to outline all the opportunities the Bucks had to put this game away. But you know, just terrible decision making, which I, I, I say would be sort of punctuated by Chris Middleton, who, by the way, is their best free throw shooter. So why Chris Middleton is passing the ball in bounds with five seconds left up three instead of being one of the guys you're trying to get the damn ball to is beyond me. And the fact that Chris Middleton throws a gift wrap pass, you yep. know, I mean, Middleton was awful tonight. I mean, you know, Chris has been playing really good basketball. He's been fighting that, oh, Middleton never shows up in games the Bucks need thing for quite a while now. And tonight, unfortunately, he undid a lot of that with – a terrible shooting night and then i mean i mean he lost the game with that pass basically and and then again i mean obviously you still needed a foul on jason terry at the end of a regulation which you know may have been a bad call which to be honest there were a lot of those tonight mm-hmm. um and that's the other part of the frustrating the other frustrating aspect of this because you know all of this happens this huge comeback happens without Giannis Adetokounmpo on the court and again, Giannis put himself in a bad spot by committing a bunch of stupid fouls. And, you know, he was bad tonight. I mean, he yep. you know, was, I guess, sort of efficient score. I mean, not really. Missed three out of six free throws. I think he took two shots in the second half period. Yep. Um, and, you know, let fouls take him out of the game. And, you know, again, like, Jokic totally flops, like, with <laughs> minimal contact. And gets a six foul, which again, like that's on the refs, Tony Brothers and company. It was a bad call, um, but the Bucks let themselves, you know, Giannis and picks up a tech, which I would have been freaking pissed off too if I was him. But that was one point, and it just went from there. I think that cut it to nine, I want to say, or something like that. Um, 
And again, I mean, the Bucks just how many opportunities do they have tonight to put this game away? And, you know, realistically, this, this, you know, in that fourth quarter, if they, you know, there was a decent chance, you felt like maybe a lot, they may just win this by double digits. That's one of the best wins of the season on the road in Denver yeah. where they've been great and the Bucks are usually terrible and you've got the altitude coming off a, you know, a draining win on Friday in LA, which we'll probably barely talk about. Um, but, you know, again, I mean, probably a lot of similarities between these two games. The Bucks just don't know how to play with leads and you know tonight obviously just a crushing loss because you have a chance to tie Washington for the sixth spot at 42 and 35 granted you'd be behind on tiebreakers um, but you at least move ahead of the heat by a game instead you lose you draw even with the heat and because you don't have the tiebreaker on the heat you're back in the eighth spot so um, you know I'd say a two and two was always going to be a good result for this road trip but it is so frustrating. <laughs> it is so frustrating to know that, you know, you had basically one sort of really comprehensive game, and that was against the shorthanded Warriors. And, you know, the Lakers, you almost blew that. And then uh, this game, just begging to beat a desperate Denver team that, you know, has caused you all sorts of problems previously. And and Bucks just, you know, couldn't couldn't play themselves out of it. The refs didn't help them. And they also just, you know, took a shotgun to the foot. Like, how many times? Yeah, I mean it's it, it a two and two road trip, a two and two West Coast roadie. Like that's a fine outcome, except when you're up one hundred five eighty eight with six thirty three left in a game that could have made you three yeah. and one on that road trip. Like yep. uh, un, until that point, sure, a two and two road trip is fine. But once you get to that point, like it's got to be a three and one. And uh, as you go through it, you just keep seeing more and more of those moments uh, up one Oh five 88 uh, pretty quickly. They get it to one Oh seven 97. That's when Giannis comes back in and picks up a charge in 10 seconds. I think it was plus the tech that gets it down to nine. Uh, then pretty quickly, it's down to seven, so it's gone from uh, 105.88 to 107.100 in a hurry, uh, and the Bucks just kind of looked lost. And uh, I guess one of the things I, I kind of wanted to talk about was it's something that kind of keeps coming up is like uh, the Bucks got tight down the stretch, or the Bucks like blew it, or the Bucks like. Uh, uh, let this one slip away, like all these things. And I don't know, like to me, it always just seems like inferring, like suggesting that the Bucks have control at any point is something that bothers me because that would suggest like the way that you scored those points was through good play and sound basketball. When in reality, like when the Bucks go on a big run, it's not in the half court. It's not in like sets that they run. It's somebody going off. Like it's Bledsoe going off. It's Jabari going off. It's Giannis going off. It's Chris going off. Like it's very rare for them to play good basketball. Like they they could have a big lead, and they certainly did tonight when they went up one hundred five eighty eight. But all those baskets were what like Bledsoe hitting some threes, Jabari hitting a couple, and just like it's it's largely. It's largely what we've been talking about. Like this is a team that's very poorly schemed, both offensively and defensively. And sometimes their very talented players go off, and that's what happened. And then when it starts to get tight, and then when you have to start thinking about, oh, should we take a, a shot quick in the clock? Should we slow it down? Well, 
that's kind of what happens and it, it was just it was just ugly and uh they didn't close it out and they it, i guess it's just i think it's just tough for them to continue making shots in that way like the with no scheme and with no offense or or defense that either gets them good looks or makes the other teams looks uh particularly difficult i, I just think it's a struggle but like you said uh Chris was terrible tonight and obviously punctuated that with that turnover. Giannis was bad to terrible as well. Uh, 18 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 turnovers, but uh, obviously falls out there and just kind of... And it, it, this kind of relates to the Lakers game as well. Uh, I, we might talk about it a little bit, but at the end of the game, uh, Nick Friedel, our friend at ESPN, ended up writing uh, an article about how the Bucks don't do a good enough job getting Giannis the ball in those situations. And I, though that's true, like when Giannis gets five fouls, he kind of tends to shut it down. And I was actually surprised that he attacked the way that he did with the fifth foul tonight. And I think you can kind of see why at times he does shut it down with five fouls because with the style he plays, guys can flop and get away with it and fall him out of the game. But yeah, Giannis and Chris were were bad tonight and Bledsoe and Jabari were, I mean, fantastic pretty much for the most part throughout that game. 31 points for Bledsoe on 11-22 shooting, six assists as well. Jabari, 35 points on 14-23 shooting, uh, the 10 rebounds, two assists, two steals. I, I thought those two carried the load and got the Bucks to kind of where they needed to be, and then they just fell apart in the end. And it's it's almost stunning just thinking about, obviously, I, I've mentioned the 105-88, but even even late, they had a huge lead. The up 111-103 with 208 left, uh, and then you don't they don't end up scoring for the rest of that time. So the final two minutes, they they don't score, and we go to overtime uh, at a 111-111. And uh, that sequence, man, with Middleton making the pass and Terry committing the shooting foul, like it's just... Uh, and they had a timeout. I mean, that, that's what's yeah. the killer about it. So, you, you know, I, and I, I didn't realize that they weren't in the penalty initially because they inbounded to Bledsoe moments before that, and then they fouled, but they had a foul to give. And you yeah, know, just I, thought that we, small, I thought he was going to the line at that point. Right, yeah, I thought those it was small, ready. Yeah. just those small things. If the, you know, if they're in the bonus, that game's over. Bledsoe hits one out of two. Yep. We're at a minimum. Um, the Nuggets have to start without a timeout in five seconds, ninety-four feet from the basket, rather than Middleton throwing the ball to Murray in stride yep. to get a shot. I mean, it's just, it's just killer, and it's just a complete mental breakdown from Middleton. You know who again also should have been one of the guys trying to catch the ball because he's the best free throw shooter on yeah. the goddamn team and not inbounding it, um, or and, you know it's just awareness stuff too, right? Because again, without a timeout, you know it's not like there's like, if there's one second left. I mean, you could just lob the ball lightly to your end of the court, and Denver's not going to be able to do anything because they have to go the full length of the court. I mean, five seconds I think is what was left, something on that order. So I mean, again, yeah. yeah. So I mean, again, if you like lob the ball like toward your hoop, like well, they're probably going to move the ball up and, and get a shot. Um, but like really, I mean, it could not have been more tailor made for him to to get going to the basket. And it was a one dribble pull up. Yeah, and obviously, you know, um, probably a bad call. You know, he kicked his leg out. Terry tried to get them to see that. But again, like you just put yourself in a terrible spot. I mean, you know, there was if there was contact, it was minimal with with the hand. I yeah. you know I thought it was really tough to see. I mean, again, the officials inserting themselves into the middle of the action and you know a play that 
clearly, I, I mean, again, I don't think it should have been a call, but it is what it is. And, you know, the Bucks can't come back and say that that's why they lost. I mean, you know, again, they, they put themselves in that spot. And, uh, you know, again, your best player was substandard, you know, 18 points, 12 rebounds, six assists from Giannis. Eh, you know, missed half his free throws, six fouls, four turnovers. Um, you know, he, he's got to be in the game. He can't take yeah. himself out of the game. You know, this is not how we want Giannis to limit his minutes. <laughs> We've <laughs> joked about Giannis needing foul trouble to limit his minutes, 33 tonight. Um, but, you know, again, Giannis deserves part of the blame for this loss too because, you know, bad call or not, he put himself in a position where he wasn't going to play at the end of the game. And, you know, do you trust these guys to – to close out uh, an explosive scoring team without Giannis? No. Nope. Uh, and I think, unfortunately, we saw that we saw that close up. And, you know, some of the other numbers here, um, I mean, you know, both teams scored uh, at a high pace, 117 offensive rating for the Bucks, 119 defensive rating. I mean, the interesting thing was Bucks only nine turnovers. Um, they took care of the ball really well, which was a big way of, of deferring the fact that that they gave up 17 offensive rebounds. They got killed on the glass, especially yeah. in that first half. I think 11 of those came in the first half. I mean, there was a play in the third quarter, which was kind of like the nutshell of that. Millsap takes a tough baseline shot over Giannis. Giannis turns around, doesn't move towards the ball, and Millsap just walks around him, picks up the ball, and gets a layup. Um, that was, I mean, just a killer. Like, oh, God, like just a nutshell of, of the Bucks not being able to do it on the offensive glass. But then, you know, they go on their run in large part because they clean that up. And, uh, you know, the, the Nuggets have 17 turnovers, leads to 22 Bucks points. Bucks also 23 to 7 advantage in the fast break. Um, so, you know, it's tough. I mean, it, the Bucks actually shot better from three than the Nuggets tonight 12 out of 33 versus 11 out of 36. Um, you know, we're, we're going to give short shrift to the, to the LA game, obviously, from Friday because we're so pissed off about this game. But, um, you know, Bledsoe. 11 out of 22, four out of eight from three tonight, 31 points, six assists, um, plus 10 on Friday, 39 points, no turnovers. What do you have? Like six, seven, eight assists, something like that. Again, um, you know, Bledsoe was the Bucks best player this weekend. No, yeah. no question about that. Um, he, he has, you know, again, um, come, come to play here, certainly uh, these last couple of games. And again, he's going to be up and down, but it's just frustrating when Bledsoe plays as well. He started kind of slow tonight, two out of seven start, and then made nine out of 15 after that um, in the second half in overtime. But, um, but yeah, it's just tough. I mean, you hate to waste Bledsoe and Javari giving you, you know, these these big offensive numbers because, you know, obviously you're not generally going to get 66 points from those two. But, again, you know, Middleton in, in particular, and then Giannis just because he couldn't, couldn't stay in the game, um, you know, really hurt you. Um, and, and, again, like... I thought Zeller also gave them nice minutes, yep. um, 15 points in 22 minutes, five boards. Henson came back tonight. Um, I wasn't very impressed with Henson. I mean, Jokic took everybody to school, 35 points on 24 shots, 13 boards, five assists. Um, you know, the Bucks had really no answers for them just because they don't have anybody with bulk. But um, Henson did have a couple big plays defensively down the stretch, which should have helped put this game away. Should have um, closed it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I was – Honestly, hoping that Zeller would close this game out, but kudos to Henson. He had a couple blocks, a couple steals, um, but uh, again, just a killer. And you know, other than that, I mean, Jet. Uh, aside from that, uh, that you know, ultimately decisive foul. Um, Eighteen minutes, he was zero for three, and he wasn't even close on a couple of those shots. He was bad. Five fouls in eighteen minutes. I think some of those were you know when they were chasing late. But um, yeah, again, like kind of 
kind of tough. And, and, you know, you look at your shooting guard position tonight or your guards in general, Jason Terry, no points. Sterling Brown only played eight minutes, no points. Brandon Jennings, four minutes, minus nine, no points. Tony Snell, one out of five, three points, minus 15. I mean, you got nothing from your guards tonight, basically at all, other than Bledsoe. Um, Just kind of reiterating, you know, that it's going to be very nice when when Malcolm Brogdon eventually comes back because, um, you know, again, Brandon Jennings did get signed for the rest of the season, which isn't surprising given, you know, what else were they going to do with that roster spot at this point? Obviously, he's had a couple of games where he stood out. But, you know, again, he's had two games, good games against basically G League backcourts where he's helped them win games in Memphis and Chicago. But, um, you know, other than that, he's been pretty terrible. <laughs> I mean, the Bucks have been awful, and Jennings has been on the court in general. Yep. Um, and tonight I thought it was – I was glad. I mean, this, I think, is the way you have to treat Jennings. If you have to play him, if you don't have any other point cards, give him a quick run. And if he looks like he's got something going, then maybe, you know, you play him 15 minutes or whatever. And if he doesn't, just Four minutes is to, fine. Yep. Figure just... out a way to not play him. Yeah, because, I mean, he's not good. And – like I know people are gonna say like oh he's better than like Dally no he's not he's not like no Jennings like he's so terrible defensively um, he's so inefficient offensively like again he's gonna give you a spark some nights but um, you know he's a wild card and and he's just he's just not gonna be very good most nights and uh, certainly no factor tonight but um, but yeah just uh, I mean it's tough it's it's this is the problem with doing these weekend games like this it reminds me of when we did the when the we did we did a Sunday recording I think after they beat the Raptors on a Friday and then who they lose to on the Sunday the Pelicans I think on Sunday yeah um and you know we we just feel like you just got you know the air let out of the you know pulled out you know, the, whatever the metaphor you want to use you know, <laughs> a, a drug pulled out from under you <laughs> Frank is yeah. so flustered and so yeah. angry he can't he even just, think of his metaphor right now I'm just it's just like my God I mean this is this is why hashtag never trust the bucks this is why we always say this yeah you know just when you think oh they're playing some good basketball yeah so because um, I'm I'm yeah. curious what the playoff probability would have been after this because going into yeah. today's game it was what a fifty percent chance that they were six yeah. or seven now and yeah. uh, a fifty percent chance that they were the A spot like it had shifted to that spot in. This is a game that I, I would assume most projections would have the Bucks losing. So right. if you steal this one and then go into this week where you have some very, very winnable games, like all of a sudden you are, like you said earlier, like maybe you're you're all of a sudden in the sixth spot by the end of the week. Like that that very well could have happened uh, if you close this one out. And it, it's just such a, a, a gut punch. There's, there's really no doubt about it. And uh, I guess... Just kind of thinking about this one, I, I thought the one thing that stood out to me was we've seen this year when Giannis is not on the floor, the Bucks run things through Middleton. And that's, to me, largely not a problem. I think Middleton's a good creator, and he does force sometimes, but I think that's generally fine. They, they, they trust Middleton. I get it. And tonight, it just it was just so odd when when Giannis goes out with foul trouble, when Giannis is taking his end of the third quarter break and you're running things through Middleton when he's three of 12 from the field and Jabari Parker's got a heater going, Bledsoe's going the same way. And it's just like, okay, guys, you got to figure it out here. Like, I understand this is the way that you've been running things. This is how you've been going with your units without Giannis on the floor. But a Middleton high pick and roll isn't the move tonight like that just just put him in the corner and that's fine 
and maybe his feelings get hurt for a little bit tonight, but you got to find a way to get it into Bledsoe or Parker's hands because those were the guys that were that were really going. And uh, I just thought there was a sequence in that fourth quarter. Um, I think it might have been after Giannis had fouled out, or maybe it was right before it, when they were running some stuff for Middleton. Jabari hadn't had a touch in a while. I think they had a turnover or a missed shot or something, and the Nuggets called a timeout, and the Fox Sports Wisconsin cameras caught Jabari saying, like, we got to play together as a team. And I I mean, I, I think there's some irony to be had there and Jabari Parker saying that. Um, but at the same time, like you can just see with Jabari that if things don't run through him, he shuts down. Like he just shuts it down. Like if I'm not getting the touches and most of the nights, that's probably going to upset me. And I'm going to say that's terrible basketball and selfish. Uh, but tonight, like he, I think he was well within his right to complain about that and to be upset about that. Uh, and it, it just felt like those guys, once Giannis, went out it was like okay how on earth are these three gonna kind of put it together and, and you thought maybe Bledsoe or Parker could have done it because they had they had been going so hot and then there was just a bunch of Middleton possessions and ultimately it just didn't make any sense and uh you could just see a in an inflexibility in the way that the Bucks run things which uh, I mean I don't think should come as a surprise to anyone that's watched this team uh, that that they wouldn't find ways to get certain people involved or get multiple guys on the floor involved and instead just just go to iso ball and uh, I just thought that that kind of, I don't want to say it swung the game because there's a million things that the Bucks did wrong that swung this game but that it, it just felt it felt palpable like during that that moment just the the awkwardness the lack of chemistry that this team can have at times well i'm to push back i mean jabari parker got the ball like bledsoe just gave him the ball to go to work on the final possession of, of regulation he had a chance to win that game right sure. or, or yeah. late in the game right i guess it was the game that it was a shot that you know he could have could have put them up to basically seal it game, yeah. and you know he had a a good look that um rims out and doesn't go in and how many times did they go to him in the last minute when they needed buckets he hit one three one really difficult three um i think he got like another one maybe one more layup and then they give him the ball down three with 10 seconds left. I mean, Jabari Parker had, sure. you know, the chance to be the hero in regulation, the chance to be the hero in overtime, yeah. um, you know, 23 shots in 39 minutes. I mean, he got a ton of looks. Um, you know, he's obviously a guy who struggles to draw fouls. I think tonight he got no benefit of the doubt either. No. He definitely had contact a number of times and we got no calls. Um, just two free throws on 23 shots is, I mean, a tiny number. And he's, he's Man, complaining when about we- that. When did we talk about this? Last year? Did we talk about it? The year before? I feel like we I feel talk like about it regularly, right? About Jabari not getting free throws. And it's strange because he's so athletic. Like you would think yeah. with Well, the- I think that's the thing. He's like he's such a bully that like he's it's I think the the thing is like it always seems like he's initiating the contact. Mm, and yeah. so he takes like body shots, but like whereas Giannis takes like shots to like the arms and hands more. That so like be. it it seems more like Jabari's like, well, he doesn't deserve a foul because like he's just, you know a big guy like bullying right yeah um but, yeah sense. i mean but it, it's a problem though i mean uh, you know he, and for all his craft as a scorer i mean if you can't if you don't know how to like reliably draw fouls i mean that's gonna that that's that's like that's a skill too obviously yeah. 
Um, it's huge. I mean, I thought there's a reason yeah. why James Harden has been a great scorer for as long as he has. Like he just draws fouls. Like whether or not you like it, like he draws fouls. Yeah, and I mean, I, I thought tonight. I mean, we saw a couple, a couple. I mean, it seems like every time. Well, there've been like two very high-profile opportunities where Giannis has made passes to Jabari over the last week, and Jabari's like flubbed it. I think he did it on Friday in L.A. against the Lakers. He did it famously uh, against the Clippers on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, tonight, Giannis found him a couple times, once for a dunk in the first half and then for a layup in the second half. Um, some, you know, maybe some some better chemistry between those guys. Um, and, and it's funny. I mean, tonight when Jabari came in the game in the fourth quarter, I actually felt like this could actually be a good thing. The other night, um, the other night uh, when he came in, like I think it was in the Laker game, he came in in overtime. I want to say, and I think when Middleton fouled out, and mm. I felt like just complete dread because I mean Jabari was bad. Yeah, I mean, Jabari basically had had a bad week before that entirely offensively, and when he's not good offensively, I mean it's just like Jesus. Um, but I was just horrified that he was going to lose them the game in overtime and thankfully they, they end up holding on. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's difficult. I mean, this was sort of, I mean, this past week is sort of the Jabari Parker conundrum in a nutshell, right? Like, yeah. um, tonight, I mean, to be honest, like tonight, the way the nuggets guarded him, especially in the first half, it, it felt almost like, like a pickup run where like a random guy shows up and like, nobody knows that he's like <laughs> talented. It's like, it's like Jabari like kept like getting the ball and there's just like, it's like nobody like knew that he would could like hit a three pointer or like attack the rim or whatever, you know. Like, the, I mean, that sort of thing. Like, like with Giannis, it's always very like you know, okay, the team is you know they're like trying to deny him the ball and whatever. And it's like, I mean, with Jabari, it's like I don't want to diminish this, but it just felt like they were like, oh, like oh, Jabari Park, oh, oh yeah, that guy. And man, I mean, that guy that we don't know just keeps hitting shots. Yeah, this is yeah. Weird. It just was like at some point, like they kind of started figuring out a little bit, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, uh, it was obviously difficult, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's such a, this was the ultimate bucks road trip, wasn't it? I mean, they didn't get blown out in either game. Yep. They were really competitive all four games. They were really competitive in all the games. They could have won in each game, right? Um, they end up obviously winning two, uh, out of four, which is a respectable haul, but, um, you know, you just come 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 away from it with a bad taste in your mouth, and uh, again, it's going to be very interesting to see. I mean, this is you, you hope obviously that these guys are professionals. They come back uh, on Tuesday against uh, a Celtics team that, despite the fact that everybody wants to play the Celtics, like the Celtics have been like they keep running playing. off. They they've won six games in a row. The Bucks haven't done that all year. So if you think the Bucks are just going to like you know <laughs> finish seventh and then beat the Celtics in the first round of the playoffs, like yeah, let's 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 be careful about that. Um, so I think it's going to be a really interesting game on on Tuesday, and you know you just hope that the Bucks come locked in and that Giannis comes out with one of his like I got something to prove games because I mean the Bucks they definitely have something to prove. They have games to win, and right now um, you know they're still stuck staring up at the Toronto Raptors as their likely first round opponent. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend a little bit more time on this. Uh, the officials were not good tonight. And I, I just wanted to state that as bluntly as possible, uh, just because I don't know that we, we've we done that quite yet. They weren't good. It was a bad night for them. Uh, I think the last two-minute report's probably going to come out, and you'll see some stuff there. And also, if I was the Bucks, I would send that to the league office, because it, it was just not good. Um, 
and the, you, obviously there's a free throw disparity, 46 for the Nuggets, 27 for the Bucks. Um, and with the guys that are on the Bucks team, it seems pretty hard to believe that they wouldn't get some more free throws than that. So I, I will just say that the the referees were not good tonight. Uh, they the whistle did not appear to be the same on each side of the floor. Uh, so we'll kind of see what happens there uh, once the last two minutes comes out. Because I don't, I think they're probably going to say that the Terry one was wrong uh, and that they missed murray kicking his foot out so we'll see um yeah and and keep in mind i mean the the Giannis foul was you know too right, early yeah. in the fourth quarter so it's not it wouldn't be in that um but uh but yeah i mean it's um again like i the bucks should win this game in spite of that obviously that's yep. the starting point um i think the, the the biggest argument against that is you know the triggering point obviously for this comeback was Giannis fouling out to a large extent um and it was just interesting that the officials, you know, usually if a guy's, if a star player has five fouls and it's a, like a marginal, like a, you know, unclear what happens charge block call, they're not going to just light the guy up. Or if you or, accidentally blow the whistle there, you think, okay, I can't foul that guy out. Yeah. I'll just call this block. Like, right. It, right. And in hindsight, I mean, it literally looks like Jokic was just an oaf who just tripped over his own feet. Yep. Um, and so it's just really frustrating and, and Giannis, you know, had to be restrained and he got a, you know, didn't matter at that point, but he got a one technical ejection, um, for I've good been, measure. I've been wondering when it's coming because Giannis, I mean, he's just attacking the rim so often. And I mean, he gets officiated. He got, Jokic like, had like three fouls on drives that the Bucks scored on. Yep. I think in the first quarter and he should have gotten fouled whistled for all of them. I think one or two of them were Giannis and he didn't get called for any of them. Yep. And so I think that was probably part of it too is like, Oh great. This like guy who can't play defense, who can't defend me gets me on the wrist like multiple times, gets no call. Yep. And then I like breathe on him and he gets a call, you know, like that was, that had to be very frustrating for him. And Matt Velasquez reported Giannis left the locker room before media had a chance to get there, which is probably for the best. But I, it's too bad Joe Prunty is, you know, doesn't have a $5 million annual salary because um, this is, you know, a good game to just light the officials up and protect your team and take out some frustration. Uh, unfortunately, I don't, I don't think that would be a wise decision for Joe Prunty <laughs> given he's been on an assistant salary all this time. And, you know, again, 50,000 bucks uh, is a, uh, is a lot or 15,000, whatever, whatever he might uh, get himself into. So, um anyway uh but but it would make me feel better if joe prenti uh, <laughs> uh went after the officials because uh tonight was um i mean again the, the bucks the bucks did this to themselves but the officials gave them a nice little extra shove to to get them going they they certainly did um anything else you want to talk about with that lakers game i know we were gonna try to keep it kind of quick tonight but i thought that it was one of those nights i did Giannis didn't have his best night, uh, eight for 20 that night with 27 points, 11 of 15 from the free throw line helps out 16 rebounds four assists. Um, Chris was solid 28 points on 10 of 19 shooting, uh, five assists four rebounds. And then obviously Bledsoe was just all over the place. Uh, 11 in the overtime period, he scores 39 on the night, 15 of 24, seven of 12 from the three point line, six assists, four steals. Um, it, Again, like I said, um, I, I don't think this team is changing much as far as schemes go and kind of how they do things. But if those three, 
if those three get hot on a certain night, like they can they can beat a bunch of teams. Uh, obviously, they almost blew it against the Lakers, which probably isn't the best sign. But um, <laughs> those three, I mean, those three can be very special um, as scorers, and I think you kind of got to see that on Friday night. What was your thought on um, the final play of regulation? So to kind of, I mean, the way I remember it. Uh, the Bucks try to run a Bledsoe Giannis pick and roll. The, the Lakers basically like collapse on Giannis. Both guys basically go with Giannis, leave Bledsoe wide open at the top. He takes a three, he misses it. Bucks get the rebound. Chris Milton gets it with, I mean, a lot of time. It was maybe like 10 seconds or something like that. And Milton basically just sort of like had everyone clear out and attacks and gets a very good look at a like pull. I think it was a, it was a three, right? A pull yeah. up shot um, that he misses as well. Um, and, I mean, again, like the first thing everybody does is like scream and shout, like how can Giannis not touch the ball in the last you know possession? Um, to be honest, I, I, I don't know. Like Nick Fordell was throwing out big words around, like I don't know if he said inexcusable or like whatever. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. To be honest, I mean, here's the thing. Like, first off, Bledsoe should shoot that shot. I mean, they try to get a play with Giannis going. Giannis sort of serves the effect of creating an open shot for Bledsoe. Yep. He, I mean, any. I don't care what Bledsoe's shooting on a night. Like, if he gets a wide open three, he should shoot it. Like, yep. you know. And again, like, I, I sometimes I feel like we don't we don't defend people who shoot threes enough. Like, if you want your team to be progressive and shoot a lot of threes, <laughs> you can't be mad when they shoot threes. You know? uh, th- that's what's going um, on on T-shirt, Frank. Like, we got to make yeah. T-shirts that say, <laughs> "If you want your team to shoot more threes, you can't get mad when they shoot more threes." So, uh, that, that's um, uh, that's us. Yeah. So that was 100% the correct play. Um, and then the question obviously is like, well, Middleton should be giving it to Giannis. Um, and look, I, I get it. Like, that's the pecking order. You know, that's the sort of totemistic kind of approach and i get that you know but to be honest like do i think that going to Giannis would have given them the best chance of scoring on that play i'm not really convinced they are i mean i don't know if people realize this i mean if you look at like the synergy numbers chris is a more effective iso scorer this year than Giannis. i think he has been the last couple years like not by a ton but um the fact that chris just is a really good sort of contested jump shooter again it's like not very satisfying but it's actually like you know reasonably effective he's above average Mm -hmm. from uh, unexpected you know um you know percentage play um so and and Giannis and Giannis you know is has his flaws there so again I get it like we we'd rather get the ball to Giannis and Giannis goes and scores and whatever um but especially on that night when Giannis was not good I mean Giannis was not effective shooting the ball I mean he's not a good mid-range shooter like the the worst most common outcome of Bucks possessions the worst thing that like regularly happens with Bucks possessions is Giannis shoots a mid-range jump shot. That's just math. Yep. He's a bad mid-range shooter and he shoots tons of mid-range shots. It's like a 0.7 points per play, you know, expected outcome. It's bad. Now, I understand you need them because, you know, he needs to probe and, you know, if he doesn't have a a driving lane, sometimes he has to pull up and he has to keep teams, de- you know, uh, uh honest, but it's it's difficult. Um so anyway, I long story short, I I don't I don't know. I I get it. I just I have a hard time being like beside myself over it because Middleton actually had had a really good game, and Giannis and he got a good look. Like that, yeah, it was a good look, right? And I mean, like tonight, like Bledsoe gives the ball to Jabari at the end of over uh, at the end of regulation when they could have sealed it, and you know, Jabari didn't score. But again, I, I think I'm fine with 
like you know given the talents that you have on this team like occasionally like not just going to Giannis like I don't know I feel it's, it feels dirty saying that even but um to but I I just I'm not I'm not gonna get like pissed off about it like if that happens every game of course that's stupid right but like you know Middleton if he gets a matchup he likes on a night when he's playing really well and it you know would be you know you introduce more risk having to try to get the ball to Giannis in that situation like given it's already with Chris I, I'm okay with it I, I thought and I'll tell Nick this when I see him next time in Milwaukee is that I, I can understand the point of how bad it might look if in the final minute Giannis doesn't get a touch and how if you get two chances Giannis doesn't get a touch like I get that um, but I, I thought the critique lost a little bit of validity with me when the full context wasn't explained. Like like you said, like the action they ran there was for was for Giannis, right? Like that possession started with a Bledsoe Giannis pick and roll with the hope of getting the ball to Giannis and if not and both got like the whole team collapses on Giannis, okay, then Eric Bledsoe's gonna get an open shot. And on a night where he has what, twenty eight in the first four quarters and has been shooting pretty well. I, I think that's a good outcome. Uh, so I, I thought that was avoided. Uh, the possession before, and you go back as Giannis wasn't touching, the possession before, they ran that back screen play that they really like for Giannis. Middleton threw the ball. Caruso chucked Giannis, which I think if it was in the second quarter it was called. I think if it was in the third quarter it was called. I think if it was in... The fourth quarter with eight minutes left, I think that fall is called, but it was at the end of the game, so they didn't call it. So another possession where they try to get Giannis the ball, and then on top of that, I just thought we've we we end up watching Giannis every night. Giannis with five falls is a different player than Giannis with anything less. Like he's just not as aggressive. He's not as demanding with the ball, just because he knows that. With his style of play, there's a chance that he can pick up his sixth fall, which I, I guess is kind of a, a good example. It happened tonight in Denver. Like it, it can happen to him easily just because he has long limbs and he attacks the basket. So I thought that night, like Middleton had the ball there. Giannis was on the left wing. And we talk about all the time about if Giannis is going to post up, what's the perfect setup? Left side cleared out. Middleton as the entry man. They had that. Giannis didn't roll into the post. Like he could have. Like if he if he demanded the ball and wanted to, he could have ruined Chris's ISO. And they had time, like you said. I think Chris probably pulled it out with twelve seconds left, thirteen, maybe somewhere like eleven to thirteen seconds. Like Giannis could have rolled into the post there, got the ball, and had it left wing with Middleton on the same side to keep that guy from digging out. Like he could have had that, and he didn't want that. So I would I would tend to agree. Like I. I understand the concern in the moment. I thought it was strange that he didn't get a touch, but as I thought about it more, I, I mean, they they ran action for him, and then when Middleton had the ball, Giannis had a chance to roll into the post and demand it, and he opted not to. And I think Giannis with five falls, like that, kind of explains it to me. So, um, yeah, I, I I was not as up in arms about that um, as Nick was, and 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 thing is too, I mean. You know, for for yeah, for Giannis as well. I mean, part of leadership is also if you have capable teammates. That I mean, Giannis can or Chris can make a play there, right? Yeah. It's not like again, it's not like Giannis is actually leaps and bounds like better at creating like a last second shot like that scenario anyway, just because he can't shoot well um, yeah. from the perimeter. 
Um, so I mean, part of part of being a leader too is like you know if it's a drawn up play from from a timeout, yeah, I damn well expect Giannis to be part of the action, right? <laughs> yep. Um, but if it's a freelance thing, guys improvising at the end of the game, I mean, you know, you have to have confidence that other guys can can step up and make plays. And you know, again, like I think for Giannis, like you know, sometimes that is saying like I'm not going to go like run up to Chris and demand the ball because Chris was having a better night than him offensively anyway. And, um, you know, again, I, I, I it's okay. Like I, I realize, like everybody, like the, our, our sort of media cycle now trend is like, if the best player doesn't take and make the last shot, then, you know, something's horribly wrong with the world. Um, I mean, it's like, you know, people used to get pissed when LeBron would pass to an open mm-hmm. teammate. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that's, that's good. Um, yep. so anyway, Again, yeah, Giannis should be the focal point. Agreed, um, but you know, again, there's going to be situations where you know you can't have every possession obviously go through them all the time. And um, you know, uh, it was what it was. Fortunate Friday it didn't cost the Bucks. Uh, Sunday, obviously, one one bad call, and and obviously, kind of the whole tide swung. So anyway, I'm done where with do, this game. As I say, where do you think um, the Bucks probabilities will go now? I was just trying to think through this logically with their remaining well, schedule. Yeah, well, I mean, Denver obviously was, you know, like you said, they, they were not projected to win this game, but obviously they they had a chance. Um, so I would say I don't. know. I can't I mean, imagine like, it moves much. It probably bumps to like down to like forty percent that they move out of the eighth spot, or maybe it moves more. But I, I feel like it wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I think what from the win, I guess the the beating the Lakers and uh, Warriors moved it from about twenty percent to fifty percent of getting a better than eight seed. Um, and those are wins, obviously. Plus, you know, Washington gets blown out today. Miami lost yesterday against Brooklyn. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's. I mean, it's obviously it's going to go. You know, it's going to worsen. So maybe you're. Maybe it goes down to 40, 45 percent, yeah. something like that. But uh, again, I mean, this is where like not having any tiebreakers just you, you just make life so much harder on yourself. Because um, again, like you're gonna have to go out and probably get you know a, a non-projected win or you know at a minimum you know a, a Celtics team that you know a lot of these models thinks you're not gonna beat because the Celtics are good. Um, you know, but it's obviously a different Celtics team yep. as much as they have one winning games. It's obviously a different team. They're more vulnerable certainly now than they than they would be with Ky- with Kyrie. So. Um, so it's difficult. I mean, again, like I said last week, I think you know I, I fully would expect the Bucks to go to eight. Um, those big couple wins obviously made it much more likely they could get out of the eight seed. But uh, again, like whether you deserved it, not deserved it, whatever, like the the math does not care for your your emotions. Yep. I would agree. All right. Uh, that's going to be it for us. We'll wrap it up. We can talk a little bit tomorrow to get you ready for the Celtics game on Tuesday. Bucks split their weekend set uh, with a 124-122 win over the Lakers in overtime and then a 128-125 loss to the Denver Nuggets in overtime on Sunday. So for Frank Madden, I'm Eric Name. This has been Locked on Bucks. We will talk to you tomorrow.